And this is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. Doctor Head. Sexbot. And this is the Blue Feather. I sprung a leak. Uh, and you are listening to and watching Alright ladies and gentlemen we are back for season 3 of Love, Death and Robots from the uh, Netflix series, original series, which did we already establish this was supposed to be a heavy metal type thing or it was supposed to be called heavy metal, right? Yeah. Um, and I think there's some very heavy metal episodes in this particular season. Oh, yeah. So the way I'd like to talk about this season is we're just going to kind of do a round table and talk in general about this season, how you think it compares with the other seasons, and then we're going to go into individual episodes. We're going to go right down the list, uh, only because I think it's important that these are, the order that they're in, I think, is actually has some idea to it. You know what I mean? The way that they have put the, the order of these together. And you could argue against that, which maybe I think would be fine. But, uh, so, let's hear uh, Blue Fez. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> Bong. Um, okay. Volume 3. I, in my opinion, much better than Volume 2. Not to say that I, I disliked uh, volume two. I thought there were some strong episodes for me, but I remember when that season came out, I, I was oh, I was just jazzed. I was excited for it. And I watched it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that was good, but it still didn't have the same kind of punch in the face feel that volume one did. Uh, but then volume three hits, and so again, very excited, and I felt like I was right back with season one. That it was like there, just start to finish. Um, I think I enjoyed almost everything in this season. There are some definite standouts. Again, we don't want to get into the individually, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed season three. Uh, so much good stuff to talk about. And on this, I'll spin the table. Who's next? Let's go with uh, Dr. Head. I will go. Uh, I, I agree with everything that Blue Fez says. So there, I'm done. All right. Well, oh, no. hey, <laughs> Professor Feather. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fantastic. Um, I, it's such a strong season. Uh, every episode is great. And there are some that just uh, staggered my mind. Mm -hmm. Just watching the animation, I'm like, oh, just just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to tearing into these episodes. Cool. How about you, Professor Feather? I consider season three just an extension of seasons one and two. I have... I, I, can't distinguish any th out of any three of them any season being better than any other season. I just consider it all one season. <laughs> it didn't seem to change that much for me. Fair enough. So um, you, you didn't see any, you guys didn't see any kind of like themes for the first one, then different themes for the second one, and then themes for the, the third one? I did not look for themes okay. throughout any curious. of it. I just, I, I considered each episode an individual. I, I That's interesting though, because I never thought about that. The only theme that I saw was the robot theme, the, the three robots that... <laughs> 
that's the only, I mean, hitting me over the fucking head. So, you know, yeah. yeah. But any kind of subtle themes, I didn't see. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just curious because, uh, you know, I, I think they, they kind of group very well together. And that's what I was thinking. And, you know, if I were to rank them, season one would be my favorite, you know, just because I think it was so new and I was just really blown away with it. And I've watched it like three or four times. Um, and then I'd go season three and then season two. But that doesn't mean they're all like ri- ridiculously good, you know. Um, so I guess with that, let's just dig into the first episode, which is called Three Robots Exit Strategies. It's about <laughs> three robots walk into the post apocalypse and take a whirlwind tour of humankind's last attempts to save itself. Um, <laughs> and this is a, a throwback to the first season, right? So yeah. they had all of these same kind of things. And uh, the commentary on humanity that these robots represent is pretty interesting. Who wants to go first on this one? <laughs> Anybody want to volunteer? I was happy to see the robots come back because I think these robots are charming and so witty and uh, their commentary is such a biting satire and commentary (laughs) on on our, you know, human tendency towards self-destruction and and short-sighted idiocy. Yeah. You know, Um, and they're just great characters. They're funny without intentionally being funny. That's what the thing is. They just... They're just funny, um, and I, I just it was just as they walked through and then talked about the levels of, you know, well these people were not rich, and so they were going to uh, live off of venison jerky. But then when they killed all the deer, then you know, like, oh okay, and then like these are the rich people, and then these are the super rich people, and um, yeah, well they ran out of food, so they had to eat each other, you know, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> In between, was there was brilliant. the government. The government was in between the rich people and the super mm-hmm. rich people, right? So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, well, and the final word is, no matter what the humans did, they just fucked everything up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really. From a science fiction standpoint, you know, it's a pretty cliche story. Um, but from the visual standpoint, that's where it, you know, that's why it merges and becomes something a little more unique, you know? Um, because I think the visuals, you know, the, the, it's just they're great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the last wink to the audience, the last. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> yeah. We're expecting, you know, like, yeah. okay. All right. There we go. Which was, a, yeah, that nice little, like, again, throwback to that first when we first meet them in season one. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, well, I also like the the theme of the hats. He changes hats for the first two, and then he's <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah, no more hats." He picks the hat up for the for the government one, and it's yeah. got all the the drawings in it for the the uh, you know the the cannibalism, you know. Yeah. And he goes, "You know, these humans, they were snackish." <laughs> they keep yeah, saying they were that. Sad, that's right, snackish. I love that. Always no snacking these humans. The other great reference is when he's on. They're on the oil rig. Um, and as they're leaving, he says so long and thanks for the fish, you know, from, yeah, yeah, so, from, from yeah. Hitchhiker's Suck Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Which is yeah really I love good. that. But I love the fact that that's where the robot revolution took place. Like, Suck yes. it, meat bags. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great shirt to have for us. Yeah, great hat. Put that on a on a mug. Yeah, and I like, uh, you know, again, you know, and just that last line, too, when the cat comes up and he's got the drink and he goes, what were you expecting, Elon Musk? Musk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a good little jab there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a really good one. And again, I, I like the, you know, the kind of throwback to the earlier season, um, which, you know, during this earlier season, I thought they were like, you almost thought that was going to set the tone for all the other stuff, but it didn't, right? 
And I think same here, they, they get you with a bit of levity and a bit of just, you know, palatable stuff that you already understand. Cause like it is the cliche, you know, it is a bunch of stuff that we already know, but the way they go about doing it and the way they divide things. I love how they put the government in there, you know, and the government decides to go underground where it's just horrible, you know, and all of their stuff fails. Yeah. Or they eat the secretary of what was it? Agriculture. Yeah, right. <laughs> Because because all the hydroponics failed. failed. Yeah. <laughs> Lottery in June, corn be heavy soon. <laughs> uh, any other observations about this one or comments? What? Um, well, I, I, go if it, it, does anybody else have a comment about this one? Mm-mm, go ahead. No. Okay. Well, I was just going to start tying this stuff together in a way too that we've not talked about um, the studios that produce these. Oh. Um, Glow Studio does a lot of it, and there's a location in Spain, which did the three robots. Uh, the next one was, uh, is located in the United States, where it originated, I think, in the early 90s or something like that. But anyway, I just think that's interesting to know where each one of these came from mm-hmm. and you know the location where it came from and how that might even tie in. I don't know, you know. Yeah, well, and it interesting. Is, yeah, it's international. I mean, there's there's stuff. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, no, you'll switches, see that yeah. throughout when when you watch each one of these, you know, and and where they come from. And when you and it, what's interesting, you almost have to have that. You know what I mean? There's no way that like one country could. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Out, you know, that's stuff. that's that's the beauty of the whole yeah, series. It I really think, is. You know, because it is truly international. You know. Yeah. Well. And there, the, that this first episode, that's a good point because it's it's pointing at Americans more than it is anything else. Yeah, know, very much so. Yeah, the survivalists, you know, and the yeah, survivalists. Yeah. One, we got to remember about the the blood pit, you know. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> you know, and he goes, well, this one's got two through him. <laughs> and, and, and the yeah, the, the, the robot robot, you know, the triangle goes, okay, it's a blood pit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they think that the guy that's slumped over the window is defending their fort against the deer because the deer were rebelling against the fact that that's what they were eating was all the deer, <laughs> all the venison. Um, so I thought that was really funny too. But yeah, that's a really good point that with the the different production uh, things. And I, again, the different styles that they work in is just awesome too. Any other comments about this one? I thought this was an excellent way to start. And I thought it was oh, yeah. great for the first season as well. Yeah. So the second one is Bad Traveling. Uh, release <laughs> the Thanapod. A ship's crew member sailing an alien ocean strikes a deal with a ravenous monster of the deep. Anyone want to take this one on first? <laughs> can I, can I speak Go ahead. up for this one? This, this short is utterly sublime. It is, I, I, I love this short. I, I, it's 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 just it's creepy as fuck, and I loved this one. It's it's there's another episode we'll talk about one of the last ones here. It's like three in this season that are just my absolute favorites. This is one of them. I loved everything about this. It's just even the animation style, but just the setup. It it's that classic um, gothic ship at sea monster lore. I mean, I if, if this had been in a comic book, I could easily see Mike Mignola doing this. You know, uh, Hellboy creator doing this comic. Every, this there's nice little things that they added in there with the the uh, the Thanapod and, you know, and it grabs a dead body and it's speaking through it. It's, everything about this was just great. I, I absolutely love this one. Fascinating um, 
just the storyline and uh fincher uh directed this one david fincher directed this this short um yeah i i don't want to take up too much time here i just gotta say this this was like one of my favorites everything in this one for me is just spot on perfect the mood everything the, the, the outcome loved it next go ahead anybody i uh, will go okay. uh yeah i agree this this one this one is my favorite, I think, uh, by a narrow margin of all, just because it is so, such a complete, they're all good, complete stories. But this one, I think, is the longest one of the season. It's like 22 or 24 minutes. Yeah. Um, well worth it. But it is like the best of like EC horror comics. Yeah. And like a, with a Lovecraftian twist almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and just <laughs> genuine horror. Yeah. When when the, the the creature is speaking with that do that dead body, I'm like, oh my god, this is just so scary and, yeah. and wonderful. Um, and the super realistic animation, I think that's you know, it's not cartoonish. Uh, it 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 that adds the realism adds something to the gravitas of the moment. Um, just yeah, just awesome. It hits all the right spots for me. Um, not a not a false note. You know, in the story. So yeah, I loved it. Feather. Um, it, this was uh, written by Andrew Kevin Walker, mm-hmm. um, who who wrote Seven. Fight he also Club. wrote uh, Eight Millimeters, Sleepy Hollow. Anyway, mm-hmm. and it's an adaptation of a story by uh, English science fiction writer Neil Asher, who is you know not a real you know well known science fiction writer, but known nonetheless. I mean, he's he's pretty well respected. Um, I, yeah, I, this is one, this was one of my least favorite, um, out of season three. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm one of the fucking biggest David Fincher fans. And I would say that that was a lie. Um, this is just great. Yeah. I loved it. And the EC reference is absolutely spot on. That's what got me. It, yeah. And here again, I, the writing and how it ends, the ending is yeah. so it's so fucking cool you know I, yeah I think it's just I think it's great yeah and this is by Blur Studio uh, the United States division um, so that's all I got to yeah, say about I it like, everybody else has said pretty much what I would say anyways when I like you know you talking about the realism is great but you the reason they put in their alien is because if you look at the way the humans look they have a kind of strange look that is not you know mm-hmm. earth human you know so yeah. you have all of that kind of stuff um, and then you have this guy who doesn't seem, he's just, he's a survivor and he's surviving because he's really clever. You know, he's really, and, and there's even a couple of moments where he's like, almost didn't make it, you know? Um, and then they, you know, it gets really creepy with when they reveal the monster and you're like, holy shit, how is anybody going to survive? But then you realize the monster doesn't want to kill everybody. The monster's really smart. It's looking for a nest. And uh, and when we get the shot of all the little monsters in there, and you get that, but you're yeah. like, oh my god! I'm like, I just want to be off that fucking boat right now. Yeah. Um. And then you know, yeah. Just so I said, just all of the kind of oh. clever stuff. Go ahead. The the puppet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was just you know that was creepy and brilliant. Yeah. You know, at the same time, but very creepy. But there there's shows the alienness of the whole thing yeah. you know yeah just a very very odd 
And I think, yeah, like a different, not even Earth, you know, a different world, even, right. you know, different alternate universe or something. I don't well, know. And the guy's kind of a hero because he's trying to divert the monster well, from yes. the, the, the yeah. place, you know, to, to end its life. The, I also like uh, the fact that this is, you know, we have love, death and robots. This is just death, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's really no love. There's no robots. It's just, you know, it's pure yeah. death and trying to avoid death. So, you know, and that whole monochromatic thing. And I think this is part of one of the themes that I see in here is the... The, the kind of monster versus man theme and the, you know, the technology versus man, you know, and technology being kind of a monster or not necessarily a monster, man being a monster. I don't know. There's just all these kind of flip-flops that, that go around. Um, but I think maybe the next one probably uh, dispels that. Does anybody want to talk about bad traveling? Anything else they want to mention about this? I'll never look at hermit crabs. The same <laughs> <way>. <laughs> right. Do you ever see them when they come out of their shell? They're terrifying, like a, <laughs> yeah. like a big snot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Episode three was the very pulse of the machine when an exploratory mission to a Jovian moon ends in disaster. The lone survivor must begin a perilous but mind-expanding journey. Feather, kick this one off. Um, this is... This is absolutely, now I'm not kidding. Now, this is my least favorite of all of season three. Mine too. Um, something about it just didn't click with me. I just did not like it. I don't, and I tried to put my finger on it. I can't really, I don't like the writing very well. I don't like the story very well. The arts, I, I like the art. Uh, you know, the art's pretty good. Um, it's done by Polygon Pictures out of Japan. Um, but yeah, it just, just uh, there's something about it. I mean, it, it seemed sterile. I don't know. Maybe that was the point. <laughs> I don't know. It, I just didn't like it. So who wants to go next on this one? <laughs> I think it, the, it's the story is a little simple, um, but what you what you get is that sense of the. Not, I won't say supernatural, but the connection between the machine and man here or woman. Yeah, that's true. Um, and and it almost becomes this kind of cyber reality, like this is your soul turned into digital form almost kind of, but, but the animation is what is striking about this one. Just this, this mind expanding journey is yeah, because yeah. it becomes really surreal. Alice has come through the looking glass and then she's like, it's very trippy um, as, as she's running out of oxygen and all these things. And you got to wonder how much of this is really coming through and how much is it, is she hallucinating at all? But it's, it's a very kind of very head trippy experience. Um, oh yeah. I, and in the end, yeah. you know that, that it's not just a hallucination, right? Yeah, that it's you know that, that it's all really kind of you know part. Yeah, that that was the one thing I, I I thought I found notable because that blurring you know of of, of what's real and, and how perceptions work. I think that that was a, a pretty good point. It just seems so. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're good. I agree with that though. Yeah. How about you, Fez? What do you think? Uh, so this was one of my favorites, and I think... <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I got to be the odd man out here. That's all right. That's good. Um, no, that's good. And I think, for me, this was the most heavy metal story of the of the batch. This, I mean, if, if, if Moebius had done this in heavy metal, I would have been like, this is exactly what I, I could have envisioned this story looking like. Um, now... Would I have done the whole thing in that style? I don't know. There's part of me that kind of felt like, what if it had started realistic, but the minute 
they take the the drugs to help counter some of the effects. This thing then then just goes full, you know, Mobius heavy metal style. I don't know. Maybe that made it a little bit more impactful. But now I, I there were there was there was kind of a nice quiet quality um, to me that I really enjoyed. And after coming off of one the first episode, which was very you know kind of whimsical and fun, then we get the the bad the bad. That, that's, and this is true. It's just like, oh my god, that was terrible. Then we got this, which kind of felt like a nice kind of break. It's quiet. It's a little reflective, and then we jump into something that again kind of kicks. Neutral. Back. It's kind of neutral. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And that's it, true. That's true. And, yeah. and it kind of has that again. You know, to talk about you know, you know, the the soul is this something that can be passed into like a digital realm or something like that. So it, right. I, I I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I mean. It's it's it's. I think I just enjoyed sort of the the just sort of chill quality of the episode. Yeah, and this is why I think that. Can I know, change my opinion? Now? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> the uh, it stinks. Yeah, and this is why I was I was saying that I thought there was a, a, a specific order to this, and that they did. Oh this, yeah, this because, would be a good example. Yeah, because this right? is this is a palate cleanser. This is a, yeah. This is a bit yeah. of mood music before we jump into the next <laughs> one. Um, you know which. Uh, um, Anybody want to talk, uh, you know, what I thought about this one was I said, said, this was the most heavy metal looking one. Like it could have been part of the heavy metal movie, right? And if uh, they had had 3D models that they could then render as line art, you know, um, that's what they would have been doing a lot of back in with the heavy metal movie. Um, I I was, again, I was kind of wishy-washy on this one as well. And it's, this is why I think the order of these is to watch them in order is important is because... I had a retro feeling about I'm not retro meaning retro back in time meaning when I was watching subsequent ones I came back to that and started looking at how it fit into all of them and I thought oh that's actually pretty cool you know um, and I love the fact that she's a parasite at first you know because she has to use the oxygen from her friend she's only dragging that person across mm-hmm. because she needs to you know attach herself yeah. to the oxygen and, and do all that kind of stuff um, and then the warnings and all those and, and uh, this one reminded me of uh, the first episode where they had those kind of floating whales or whatever it was uh, oh yeah yeah from yeah. from the first season i mean yeah. not first episode first season um so it was kind of that same style of, of that kind of trippiness um but uh, anyone want to any final comments on this particular episode no let's move on to the next one which uh i'm going to just say right up front is one of my favorites in this entire <laughs> series it uh it is, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how this is done. I, I don't know what the, you know, but um, this is called Night of the Mini Dead. Um, a bit of unholy cemetery sex ends badly, kicking off a worldwide zombie plague. It's the cutest apocalypse you'll ever see. <laughs> but, but it's, and sped up. I know, right? Yes. You have to, you have to say, stay. Sped up? That is yeah. a that is a key yes. quality. And it's all wide shots. Yeah. All extreme right. wide shots. And it's sped up. And yeah. It's just uh, yeah, up. really, yeah, you're really far away. It's almost like watching having a zombie apocalypse in an ant farm. <laughs> it is. You know? No, it is. It and is. that's that's exactly oh, what it's it is. The that's one the, with that's the, the God's eye view, and you just watch everything happening yeah, and the people yeah. are so tiny. I'm like, I want this world. I want to have <laughs> this on the table somewhere. Like I want this as like entertainment. Yeah, I'd love this one too. Yeah, it's like they're saying the, the the Walking Dead should have been done in seven minutes because they just did it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it was funnier. Um, I, yeah, way, way better. Yeah, and they use that tilt shift lens, you know, so you get yeah, the kind yes. of blurry edges. And yeah, if you ever yeah. use the tilt shift lens, the, with the, and with the, that, that depth of field that it gets yeah. is yeah. so right. phenomenal, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and just uh, at the point where they they uh, they go to the nuclear power plant and, and think that they're and all of a sudden they start morphing into these these <laughs> giant <laughs> green monsters and the giant green monsters find when they belch they can spit fire and you know yeah. So I said, well, and there's just little things commentary, you know, like the whole religion at first, right? So we get the cemetery with the guy fucking the face of the angel. <laughs> He knocks it over, which knocks the church over, which knocks the um, uh, uh, cross into the the headless angel or whatever, and then it gets struck by lightning and the the, the cemetery comes alive, you know. And then the next the next one is the joggers, right? You got the the joggers, and they're like, and they all come out and they're like, ah! I just thought, hey, what the hell? Know, right? Well, and then you know, yeah, and then you get to the White House. Fuck these guys! We're gonna shoot them. What's show them Americans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was like, go over to the White House, not my fucking lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Suck on this. Yeah, and the Tibetan monks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole, there's, there's nothing bad about the episode. I, and it's short, you know, it's only like seven minutes seven long. Minutes. So, you know. They pack a lot in those They pack minutes. a lot. Oh they God, they yeah. do. And it's just, and it, but it's just brilliant. It's done by a company, uh, Fez and Gadfly. You pay attention to this. It's this company called Buck. It's a company of directors, producers, creative technologists, digital artists, graphic designers, illustrators, and animators creating media for advertising, technology, and entertainment clients. Buck's offices are in Los Angeles, New York, Sydney, and Amsterdam. They need a Detroit office. <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, talk uh, then, to them that, about starting the Detroit office. There we go. But uh, doesn't that sound kind of familiar? Yeah. You guys? May, maybe. Sort <laughs> of. A little bit. Yeah. I, I have to reach reach back into Digital a, fugue? A, a what the fugue, heck is that? A fugue-like state to do this. How, does anybody know how this was done? Is it all digital? Is it actual miniatures? Yeah, I think it, uh, it's miniatures. They're sped up miniatures. But I mean, like, but the physical miniatures, like they have physical sets, yes. or is it? Yeah. Yes, physical. Okay, that's well, that's impressive because it's because uh, yeah, they had to be super tiny because you couldn't articulate larger ones that many larger ones because right. there, was, well, but there I mean, were scenes of like. But you look at the, the, the animation is not, you know, is there's not the point. But they could do that because it's, they it's could the, do that as three D models. Broad animation. Most yeah, generally. They could do that as digital 3D models, too. They could totally create well, that. Yeah, okay. That. And that's what I don't know. That's what I was asking. Is it digital yeah. 3D models? Or it is said it, it, it just states that it's sped up miniatures. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it, so and, with that stop motion, that is, God, it's impressive yeah. stuff there. Just damn. Well, and I think, but it's so fast that it's like, you, there's a lot of forgiveness in that stuff. And you know what's but that's funny? That's what I said, because yeah. it's yeah. not, it's, it's more broad movement. Like you said, it's all these wide shots. So everything is real broad. So you, you know, that's pretty, pretty quick to do yeah we're doing eight frames per second yeah. but there again yeah i mean think about it there's a lot of work there but you know, oh yeah but look at the company that put it that put it out you know they, yeah. they they've got the resources right there what about you so I, I think that's pretty i think that's pretty cool what would you think of this one dr head i loved it uh for effort right from the beginning just the the <laughs> angle of seeing everything in miniature because you know i love my ant farms so um <laughs> No, I, it was just such a unique way of portraying the zombie apocalypse because I didn't know 
I didn't, uh, you know, when I saw the title, I'm like, okay, Night of the Living Dead. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I came up, I'm like, oh, they're doing a whole zombie apocalypse <laughs> in tiny little form. <laughs> like, this is so brilliant. And it just became this, it just exploded very much like the zombie outbreaks, like a virus. It just goes bigger and bigger and bigger so fast. Um, but honing in on these little moments, like you said, this is, moment is important. This moment at the White House is important. This moment here, you know, uh, no, no, it was just absolutely one of my favorites of the of the season. I, I think of the whole series because it was so unlike everything else yes, in yeah. this series, in its in its scale, in its just sheer audacity to tell this story, and they were just having so much fun with it. Like, like okay, this is ridiculous. This is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And they start and, with those. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and how about that ending? Yeah. Again, if we're talking about this, we're, we're talking about commentary on humanity. Yeah, the White House <laughs> says, fuck you all, and it goes up, bit. <laughs> In the galaxy, we just see this little poof, this little fart noise, we're done. It's like, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love the micro moments that start right from the beginning. Uh, the guy driving into the cemetery hits off the road and then has to back up and go in and then they get out and you can see them <laughs> while they're like <laughs> they're like having sex and he throws the bottle the empty bottle and all that kind of stuff you're like okay this is total small town uh you know high school kids that are you know off in the cemetery doing stuff that's not right and then they just keep they just keep that up you know um yeah i don't know if you notice like when they get to what's i don't know what is it japan um the zombies are no longer uh, just these, you couldn't tell the difference between the zombie and the people. Because at first the zombies were all these dark, kind of uh, less yeah. colorless. And then you could see them overrunning the color. But then when you get to Japan, everything's color. <laughs> all these people dress really colorful or something like that moment. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So, but yeah, there's, there's a, you know, <laughs> well, and even like at the beginning when the ambulance is flying through all the zombies and they get into the... <laughs> They make it to the hospital and blow up. <laughs> and then everybody's jumping off the roof and out the windows. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it, this, yeah, this one's brilliant. I would say, yeah, this is at the top for me uh, in terms of those because it's so unexpected and it's so compressed. And I was laughing the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and then laughing. And, you know, it was just crazy shit. All right, so the next one on the list uh, is Kill Team Kill. U.S. Special Forces are trained to neutralize any threat, even a cybernetic killing machine created by the CIA. Their secret weapon? A sense of humor. <laughs> Let's start with uh, Feather on this one. Uh, this, is, this comes out of Titmouse Incorporated. <laughs> which is an American animation studio that develops and produces animated television programming, feature films, music videos, title sequences, commercials, and short films. The studio opened in, opened in 2000 and has offices in Los Angeles, New York City, London, Melbourne, and Vancouver. Nice. That's what you thought of it? <laughs> I like the dialogue. <laughs> All right. No, I liked it. I liked the movie. Yeah. I, or the, 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 the piece. I just, yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I just, I, I liked the story. I like, but I did, I liked the dialogue. I liked all of that really well. It, it was kind of like, you know, yeah. uh, that to me was what kind of set it off from, from everything else. And the, and the grizzly bear, I, I, kept, I kept thinking of South Park. I'm sorry. Yeah. Man, bear pig. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of, forgot about that until you mentioned like yeah you know it is pretty darn close <laughs> not too far from that uh, yeah 
Yeah, I agree. The the dialogue is what makes it. I mean, it's a pretty standard kind of. Yeah. You shoot them up storyline, but that's what makes it special. The uh, the kind of the sense of humor and the over the top bravado that you expect. This um, machismo, and then everyone's like, "Oh fuck," you know. And good um, animation too. The yeah, animation. animation's great. Yes. Very gory. Like yes. this. This yes. would also be a really great heavy metal one because you can see yes. the gore factor being played out. Um, and it's not much story to have to pay attention to. It's just the story. It's right. We're like throwing right into it. Yeah. And and we're just like balls to the wall, you know. Situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the situation. And uh, no, I agree. Yeah. 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 Comic book on steroids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun. A yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, and I would, uh, you know, the, I would say this is part of one of the themes of this season, and probably all three of them is the survival of humanity, you know, and the hubris, and you know, like just the fact that they built this machine, and that these people are, you know, now these macho guys, but then they're not so macho once they're like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, um, except for the dude with the cigarette, who I'm like, wait, he's not dead yet? Wait, he's not dead yet? Like I kept thinking I saw him die, and he's still there, and he's like, hey, you know. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I think this is a very uh, you can tell it was made by a commercial company that was that does a lot of commercial you know commercial animation. But then they, you can imagine those people that were doing this were just like, okay, now we get to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. We could produce the boys <laughs> with the kind of gore and shit that we do here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was really good. Um, and again, I think this is, again, what I like about short form. Like, anybody who can do short form fiction like this and actually pull it off um, and not try to do the typical three-act story or something like that, but give you something completely satisfying. Um, this is probably what I like about the whole series is and what I start to yeah. go. You Thank know, you. It's, yeah. it's actually made me want to go back and read short fiction again because yeah. I'm like, you know Absolutely. what? Absolutely. There's, I think the, the some of the brilliance is in the short form and not the long form where people can take, you know, way too long. That being said, I love, I think there's, you know, television shows these days are just out there with, you know, being brilliant uh, with their long yeah, form. Yeah, I, I did, I got, I, just to add on that, I totally agree. In fact, I'm, I'm finding that I'm enjoying more of the short form uh, uh, fiction that I, that I run into than the giant sweeping story arcs I, I i don't think it's an intention thing it's just like oh it's like now that we've moved to this new streaming model everybody seems to be doing these giant story arcs where you have to watch everything and i'm like i appreciate this like i'm i'm in and out the like we've said we've noticed a structure here which i appreciate but i i'm really enjoying the short form fiction mm -hmm. format uh, as well so yeah it's loving it yeah well that's what i think you're right it's you don't have to watch you can watch them individually and they're great Right. Uh, and but when you get to watch them together or how they've curated to put them in order, that's a whole nother aspect. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're yeah. we're tying into a zeitgeist because there's so much content out there in, because of streaming that I'm often going, what can I get watched here before I fall asleep or before I have to go do something? You know what I mean? You know, just because you're like, I can't dedicate three hour movies uh, four times a week, you know, I mean, that's a huge chunk of time that goes on there. And I think this is why Marvel movies are kind of going, woo, you know, because they're demanding too much attention and time when they could be doing these short form things, which I don't know if you've seen the, the, the kind of short form stuff that they've done on uh, Disney, where they've got those little in-between movie uh, moments that they've done, where they've got uh, the Mandarin, where they go oh. visit the dude in, in prison. And it's it's 
they're hilarious and yeah, they're great. Hail to the king. Yeah. 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 Yep. They're so clever and stuff like that. But you're like, oh, I can watch three of these and, you know, and not feel like I've wasted my afternoon or my day. Um, okay. Anybody else want to call Kill Team Kill? I think it's Kill Team Kill is a pretty straightforward one. I don't think there's a lot of deep right. meaning to this one. I think it's just like, uh, you know. It's fucking fun. It's fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next one that we have here is called The Swarm. Two human scientists study the secrets of an ancient alien entity, but soon learn the horrible price of survival in a hostile universe. That is a terrible description of that episode. Yes, it is. Does not even get to the point. We're going to start with Dr. Head on this one. <laughs> Well, it's about two scientists. Oh. Uh, the best thing I can say about it is they learn to survive in a hostile universe. Um, they have terrible price. Now, this one, what I thought was so wonderful about it was, again, showing the arrogance of humanity, um, short-sightedness, and thinking, oh, we're studying this, uh, these kind of illiterate life forms you know in a way like uh they're just we're just so far ahead of them because we're we're spanning the space we're out there now and we're gonna study these antic you know old old uh, creatures and then as the story evolved like you get this like notice like oh when it gets turned on its head it's like oh, okay and then it just becomes this brilliant commentary like yeah and it's it's another one where it's really beautiful to look at mm -hmm. uh and kind of scary at the same time but very effective when it in this in this when it's done when it, in the finality it's like oh wow what a satisfying finish yeah and I, it ties back to the bad traveling right mm -hmm. where we've got a puppet a human that's been turned into a puppet so that's awesome yeah, yeah. so what do you think fez i uh, again Great episode. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned Bad Trail. Yeah, so it turns out, I think, uh, did they do? Yeah, they Blur Studio did both. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Makes, it, makes per it makes perfect sense there. And even the animation style to, to the, the uh, characters is also, there's mm -hmm. a similarity there. Mm -hmm. um, I I give this short credit for the way that it ended. There's They could have obviously taken an easy out here. Um, it, there, it feels like, you know, the episode starts and when the one of the main characters sort of reveals their motivation, I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to end well for yeah. these characters. Um, but I'm curious as to where this is going to go. And I thought that was ingenious. Oh, this swarm, this hive mind says, well, yeah, you guys are trying to fuck around with us. So guess what? We had to bring the mind back in. And the mind's like, yeah, well, this is what happens when you screw around with the natural order of things, which again, you've got that commentary. Um, we evolved. And I, and <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I like the fact that she's like, well, yeah, you see all those other guys that are running around there? Yeah, they thought they tried to do the same thing, too. <laughs> and now look where they're at. But I'm going to do And it's like, this this is what's going to happen to you. And I, I did like that the one character is like, agrees to the deal to basically say, you know, try I think in a way to kind of spare humanity in a way that's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to resist you, but also I'm going to try to show you why just turning us into another part of the, the thing is not the way to go. So yeah, I, that, that was a really nice ending. It was, it almost felt a bit like a twilight zone ending, um, yeah. uh, in this one. So yeah, really enjoyed this. Nice. Really nice. What about you feather? Well, um, 
it was based on a story by Bruce Sterling, who's one of my favorite science fiction writers, um, you know, big in the so-called cyberpunk genre. Um, and I thought it was visually, a vis- the, the, the visualization was stunning. I, I, this is my favorite visual uh, member of all of the series that I've seen for some reason, something about the way this was put together and the way the, 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 the artistic creation of it is just, I don't know. It struck a chord in me. I, I really like the, the animation of this one. And I like the story very well. You know, it was good. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I, I would say that there's a realism to this. There's a, and a plausibility um, and it is like the big slap in the face to us going in and saying, we just want a couple of your babies so we can militarize them, you know? Yeah. And, and, not, and then the other thing is you're like, oh, this scientist has been great because she's been with them and stuff like that. But when the guy comes in and tells her what, she's gonna, what he's going to do, if she was a really good scientist, she'd have said, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. That is not yeah. going to happen, you know? Yeah. But she's the co-opted scientist. That's the whole thing that goes on there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and I think you know that's that's where it just kind of falls apart. But it's you know it's, it serves the story really well, um, and I think this is interesting because we've got a lot of really good uh, writers. The very first story that we talked about with the the robots, the three robots, that's based on a John Scalzi um, uh, short story. Yes, and John yes. Scalzi's a, a, a science fiction writer that does a bit of really cool science fiction but it's got a lot of humor into it so he he loves to pay homage to star trek so you might like you know i think he's got a whole series called the red shirts or something you know (laughs) of stuff you know check that Um, out yeah and they're and he's really funny he's really clever um um, so those uh i think that's another good thing that they're trying to like bring all of these really good authors and uh scientific minds and that kind of stuff but i think yeah i think this is the to me is one of the best ones of all three seasons because of the idea that it, how it ends and how they're just like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, like we have been around for billions of years and yeah. evolved into this yeah. form. And you have been around eh, a couple million years. And, uh, you know, how do you think we're not, we don't have an immune system? And that's the whole thing. That, that, yeah. and that thing that creates the puppet is like, I was created because you showed up, you dumbass. <laughs> you know. And, um, and I would like to point out that the the second scientist who's basically living with them, you, if you talk about this 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 swarm, this environment, she was already part of it. Yes. She she, she was being assimilated already. I yeah. Think. Well, well, but I don't necessarily think she was necessarily well. Okay, so you bring up a good point. It's very possible, maybe that yeah. that was part of the process. And if she was left there, she would eventually, you know, evolve. But I, I, I but I would like to think that because of her nature, the swarm was like, okay, yeah, you seem pretty cool. All right, yeah, let's hang out. Let's see where this goes. And it was fine. It wasn't until the other guy comes in here who hasn't been living with them, who kind of represents, you know, oh, you know, the evil intentions, you know, and then kind of change, because I will admit, you know, it's like the minute she kind of goes, oh, okay, maybe we should, I'm thinking, oh, God damn it, really? <laughs> you know, represents that that sort of moral failing there. And I just thought that was interesting that she was already part of it by virtue of, I guess, good deeds or being a, a certain way. And the minute that he comes in and taints that, then the swarm reacts and has to take over. So it was like, yeah, there's there's some really nice things that you can peel away from this storyline uh, that I really enjoy. Yeah, you could also say she was uh, um, 
she wasn't there beforehand. I, I was thinking that could be a possibility that the swarm swarm made her oh, yeah. in anticipation of yeah coming him coming like knowing they were coming created that as an entity because I think that's what she said like I'm a response or I I was made to to in anticipation of yeah. you so I, I I took that as she she was just part of the swarm but they gave her a shape because everything has a specific purpose and shape they've assimilated these other things other species well that could have been true they could have assimilated her but I think they uh, they could have created her wholesale too we're, tra- we're talking the second scientist right or the woman that was the, the woman with the yeah. woman Oh, see, woman. now I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. Who's the second? Wait, because isn't she the one who kind of gets absorbed into, as a puppet? Yeah, but I thought She's, she man. she was there as part she of was. the same. Yeah, as the same group that the other guy was from. Supposedly, before, though. I Supposedly thought it was a different there, group. I thought she was she there was, before. She was there before. Yeah. That's right. why I thought maybe she, yeah. was, she was. Yeah, she was there before. Like she wasn't. There was she was not a human at all to begin with. I yeah. thought that was, she was already She was already co-opted. Yeah, she was already. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at her as the mad scientist. <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, that's. I think this is. The, yeah, yeah, this is the beauty it, yeah. of a short story. Sometimes because yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't get to do world building. They don't get to do. Yeah. A whole bunch of backstory where you're, you're like you're. Got this is what it is. Here's yeah. here you go. Yeah. Here's right. some here's some information. You create a context, and then oh, oh my gosh, you can create ten different contexts that create ten different right. stories. And um, it doesn't change how good the story is. It exactly. It's it just not, it's yeah. the speculative. Of the speculative fiction, yeah. Yes. And they all, yeah, they all have meaning of you know for for all kinds yeah. of things that we're already dealing with. Yeah, yeah. I just think that you know when you fuck with a multi-billion a, a, you know year civilization, you're like they already know what you're fucking here for. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing you're doing. Yeah, they've there seen at all. it before. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because he gets ambushed. You know, those those workers are totally just they go, hey, we got you got to come over here. There's a problem. You know, and then he gets there and they're like, oh, it's a trap. And then it's not even, they don't even try to kill him. They're like, there's no way he gets away like this, you know? They're literally just herding him into that central chamber with mm-hmm. the antibody. I mean, that's what that, that thing is. It's the response to anything that invades, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's and, it, and it's very uh, Lovecraftian as well, you know? And I think this there's a Lovecraftian theme in this, this season that, that we get into uh, as well. All right, so... Any other thoughts about this? We obviously we all love this one, um, and again, I, you know, I think people should watch it and have their own like uh, response to this stuff. The next one is Mason's Rats. All right, Hi. wait, hang on, I gotta read. The, I gotta read it. Welcome to the Rat Apocalypse. Farmer Mason knows he has a real pest problem when they start shooting back. Bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> All right, John wants to jump in. I can already. I'm sorry, Fez wants to jump in. Hi, <laughs> the little buggers. They're coming at me with crossbows and knives. What's a man to do? <laughs> Find. I'm bludgeoning them with my accent. <laughs> yes, yes, if that doesn't work, and I can't teabag them with my massive balls, I'm going to superior firepower. And that's exactly what happens. This, again, <laughs> much like Night of the Mini Dead, is a yes. delightful little... Yes. It's, it's like we get the heaviness of the one before, and then we jump into this one. And was this the same studio that did the one with the junkyard? Junkyards, yeah. One? I, it okay. was, it's <laughs> the it same kind like of theme. That. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, it, it's, you know, it's. It, it, I, I don't think there's a lot that we can pick apart here. It just kind of is what it is, but it's a lot of fun. It's the typical, you know... Yeah, man versus you know man. What I was screwing up the environment. The environment responds, and and it just kind of and we take up the stakes. And and I have to admit, I, I enjoyed how this one ended 
with her, oh, that's bloody good. It's like, it's like oh, the, the little rats are brewing hooch. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's how this is. There, there's going to be a coming together, and you know that farmer is going to be selling rat hooch. It's like ratatouille. Uh, just gone horribly right, I guess, maybe. If you didn't like Ratatouille, this is like the cyberpunk version of it. And it's like, yeah, it's fun. This reminded me an awful lot of the Looney Tunes cartoon with um, Daffy Dog running a hotel and Porky Pig staying in. And yeah. he puts in a mouse in his yeah. room, shoots it up. Yeah. And then the mouse bothers him. So he says, he sells him a, a cat. Yeah. And then the cat's part. I mean, he sells him a dog, and it just goes up and up and up, you know, uh, as as the stakes get like the guy comes out. Well, this will this will eliminate the pests, and then it does a good job. But this one's even better. He just gets these like automated killing machines, you know, uh, just to step up. But yeah, the the ending was, in spite of the immense amount of slaughter, um, it's, it's like Gallipoli for these for these rats. Uh, you know, it does have a happy ending. You know, for the rats who are left, I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. they'll make more. I mean, they're going to breed like something. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, this is like a delightful respite, even though it is excessively violent. Yes. Um, and like, wow, okay, it's really graphically violent. There is this undercurrent of humor that kind of keeps it floating. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a delight, delightful episode. Feather, what do you think? Well, this was another uh, Neil Asher story, and it was adapted by some guy named Joe Abercrombie. Huh? <laughs> oh, I love Joe Abercrombie. Yeah, exactly. The first law this trilogy. was made. This was made by Axis Studio, which you said you know, did the other the other episode. They are from Scotland. Yeah. Uh, so that that kind of makes a little more sense too. Uh, I don't know. This is yeah. I loved it. Um, period. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a it's a thumb up to the it's thumbing it's thumbing you know you know whatever the you know whatever you it's uh it's to the upsell you know what I mean that's all it is yes. it's about the upsell and I, my favorite part is when they have the scorpion thing and they <laughs> wound it you know because the dude does the kamikaze thing yeah and it does the whole Terminator thing where it's grinding yeah. itself yeah. Yeah. you know and then yeah. the, and then the, uh, the 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 farmer decides. I kind of like these rats, and I can't see this slaughter. You can tell he's like, oh, this slaughter's ridiculous. Um, and so he shoots the thing, um, and then he has the he drinks the shot out of a, a, a shotgun shell, right? <laughs> shot out of a shotgun shell. And he's, he's like, oh, it's bloody good. Um, and then the last part is him calling on the phone. You just hear him on the phone, cancel that check. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is so good, and the 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 drawing, the animation, the the um, the models are fucking phenomenal. There's so much stuff. Beautiful. I was and the the juxtaposition of that of that archaic rural yes stereotype look with the modernized yeah. Uh, look, you know, of the of the the mechanized look. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. It reminded me of the episode in the first season where the farmers yes. were, uh, you know, did, oh, yeah. on yeah. a different on yeah. a moon. Yes, I think. Yeah, they were being invaded it's by the, like that. The aliens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. And that's, but here's that's the other interesting thing about this one. I think is we have the kind of high tech and low tech, but the low tech is still to us very high tech. You know, shit floating into the barn from the top. Um, and coming down, and he's got these old like tractors, but they look like little robots and stuff like that. Um, so he's clearly behind the times of the slick robots and, and all that kind of stuff. And he 
opts to go back uh, to that kind of stuff. And here's the thing that you have to do with this particular one, freeze frame stuff. When they give a scene of the rats, holy shit, you freeze frame that and look at the detail that's in that, you're <laughs> like going, these people had to know that nobody was gonna see any of that shit and they just couldn't stop themselves, you know? <laughs> Except somebody like me going, oh, you know, and I'm looking at the whole thing and I'm play, you know, and, and looking at all the kind of stuff. And it's it's amazing, yeah. It's just the, the artistry and the, the time that people put into this, you know, should just be like, I, I was in awe of this. All, all of them are that way. I'm just in awe in, in the work that goes into all of these kinds of stuff. So the next one is In Vaulted Halls Entombed, Modern Warfare Meets Elder Gods. A special forces <laughs> squad on a hostage rescue mission finds themselves trapped in a mission containing an age-old evil. Feather, start us on this one. <laughs> H.P. Lovecraft! Hey, how you doing? <laughs> this was all right. I don't really have much to say about this. Okay, this is Magnolia. This is another, uh, you know, um, Magnolia, you know, kind of esque. And I think there's some, mm -hmm. there's a lot yeah. of like this kind of elder gods theme through the thing. Yeah. Even though they're not elder gods, they're you know some of them are you know the aliens. So. Right. All right. Well, if you don't have a lot to say about it, do you know who the studio was that did it? Uh, Image Works. Yeah, Sony. Oh, Sony. Sony yeah, nice. and, and out of Canada. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, let's go to Doctor Head then. What do you think? The, the plot as they when they discovered the deeper tombs and the catacombs it reminded me a little bit of uh, rats in the walls where you know there's this mm -hmm. discovery of this underground cavern and when you realize that the twist is like oh okay now you now you understand why these these protective entities were here all along um Look, man, it's not to like fuck you up. It's to keep this fucker from getting out. You know, yeah, it's um, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's like oh, okay. Because I, I, those kind of stories are awesome. When you meet these like you know kind of really badasses, then you realize oh no 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 those aren't the badasses. Yeah, this is the badass. And and I thought oh okay, that's nice. I, I liked that. I liked that twist, and that brought into a. A much larger realm. It took it from the a simple story of just trying to get in and get this terrorist to like, oh, okay, it, it, this this was just one tiny incident in a much larger bowl that they had no fucking conception of before they entered in. So it was like a revelation as much to the viewer, you know, me as to them. So I I, I really enjoyed it in its simplicity, but just that twist what made it enjoyable. Yeah. What about you, uh, Fez? So, not my favorite of the season of the of this season. I, I like it. Um, there were some things where I'm like, okay, so yeah, I got the little spider guys to keep people out of there. But I'm like, well, spider guys, could you maybe collapse the cavern in to keep people from stumbling into this? I mean, I, unless they have to feed on stupid humans who stumble into the cave, I guess. All right. There, there were just some some like little holes there that I was just kind of like, yeah, but at the minute we get in there and you get the, the big reveal, it's like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, that's that's the best thing about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's what yep. I liked. And yep. then, of course, you know, we got the little thing at the end. And then, but I'm, I'm also kind of like, okay, so how does she get out of the kit? Um, all right, well, okay, fine. I, I wasn't, I mean, yeah, I, it's like I said, not my favorite. I enjoyed it, but it's it's not my favorite. But, I, I, but then again, I have, 
kind of anything we start getting Lovecraftian, I'm always going to be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to watch something. Yeah, when I did, right. I think you you guys said it when it was Imageworks and Sony, big on spectacle, thin on plot. You know, I think you know that's <laughs> a, a lot of what they can they can do with those those bigger studios, and I, I'm fine with that. I like the big on spectacle, and this again, I think this was a relief that it's kind of dark and it's tense. But it's not, you know, you don't really have a lot of horror that you're like, these people are, you know, they're idiots jumping into something they don't know anything about. Um, and they're being chased. The chase is great. Those little robot yeah. spiders are, are fucking terrifying, you know. Um, and yeah. uh, after the humor of the rats, you now get the, you know, <laughs> uh, these other little mechanical things that are a lot like the, the you know, the stuff that they, they threw at the, the rats. Um, and I, you know, you were sympathetic with the rats. I wasn't very sympathetic with the people invading the, the, uh, um, the cavern at all, you know. So, and again, I think this was one yeah. of the, the bigger failings of telling a short story. It was nothing but spectacle, you know, and a, a kind of aha moment where you're like, oh, it's good, right? It's Cthulhu, you know. Okay, yeah, that's creepy. So yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, not so. inspired. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It really wasn't inspired. You know, yeah, not not poorly done at all. Everything was no, masterfully yeah, done. Beautiful yeah. to watch. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's yeah, and this was you know, it was maybe a little too long. You know, it was like I thought it was minutes. too long. Yeah. Too. But I didn't like it, so yeah. Yeah, that's, what, that's, I think that's too. And you're like, oh, big stairs that they have to fall down. I'm like, how many, <laughs> how many times we got to watch big stairs in a movie? Um, all right, so that takes us to the final um, episode, <laughs> Jabaro. Uh, a deaf, deaf, not death, deaf, D-E-A-F, knight, yeah. and a siren of myth become entwined in a yes. deadly dance. A fatal attraction infused with blood, death, and treasure. We're going to go to Dr. Head first on this one. If I could sum this up in one word to describe it, stunning. This was magnificently animated. And and the way they let you know that this knight was deaf was like, oh, fuck, that was brilliant. Okay, now I get it. After the first couple of times, I'm like, oh, is there a problem with this topic? Oh, no, no. <laughs> He's and then then it all made sense because the it it the animation is just luxurious and <laughs> sumptuous and it the just the look of this whole short just unbelievably beautiful um what a great story and again a, a great twist this kind of curse uh or not um there's a sadness you know all these things that happened in this is eight, eight or nine, or about 13 minutes, something like that. But yeah, it, this, I think is as far as the animation goes, they, they went up. This might be the best looking one of the whole series. Just, just from a, an animation point. Yeah. I would agree. How about you feather? What do you think? Um, yeah, th this is the, just beautiful animation. I mean, and the the siren especially. Oh yeah. And not only her, but but the the deaf the conquistador. They got the um, eyes. They got the, the eyes. I, not, oh, yeah. But yeah, they did. You're right. <laughs> Very much so. But also just the movement because there's a fluidity mm -hmm. that they captured that you it just doesn't. It's not something you see every day. You know. It just. And, and the, the orchestration of the fluidity of movement in this is just absolutely brilliant. Um, 
I love the color of it too. I think the color is really good. And it's just a great storyline. I mean, I, I like storylines where something because of, because of this guy's affliction, he's not afflicted <laughs> ultimately, you know, um, until later on. Right. But um, yeah, but I just think that's, I just think it's brilliant. And it's, the artwork though is great. This is uh, written and directed by Alberto Mielgo. And he's done some other stuff, but he's from Spain. Uh, the company that did it is called Pinkman.tv. That's <laughs> Pinkman or Pinkman.tv. And they're out, out of Spain. That's all I know about them. Um, just absolutely brilliant. Um, this is like, what, 17 minutes long, I think? Yep. Didn't even notice that, you no. know? No, that it, it it's was, mesmerizing. You are so in, absorbed in it. In and it's such a, an original story. You know, that's another thing, too. I think, you know, it's not I mean, it's not the, the, the idea, the plot is not necessarily original, but the story itself and how how these are conquistadors, probably in the new world somewhere, you know? Um, yeah, uh, I, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah, by far the the best short of this season. And again, Pinkman TV uh, did The Witness, which was my favorite yes. um, short in season one, which was mind-blowingly yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just from start to finish, uh, the the story, the animation, the art direction, everything in this was was perfect in The Witness. Then we get to this, Jabaro, and it's like, wow, they, they took The Witness and took it up a whole notches don't count here anymore yeah this yeah. this was literally jaw-dropping when you see the siren come up and i you know gadfly like you i'm like stopping the you know this on my second viewing because the first time i'm just watching with my mouth hanging open and i go back and rewatch it freeze framing this and i'm like the the amount of detail on that character and she's <laughs> dancing and i'm like watching this i'm i Going, I'm like, holy crap! It's it's just beautiful to watch, and I I loved everything about this. The the design, the the natural world design was beautiful. The character design was beautiful, but especially the siren design, just absolutely stunning. Very unlike anything we've seen before, and I appreciated that. I I was I felt like I was looking in some cases like some like old medieval paintings, where you know. The eyes, you don't always quite look at you. They feel kind of lifeless, but this thing is obviously animated. And just the way this goes, and I'm, I was very much curious to see how this would play out. Sadly, it kind of goes the way that I unfortunately was kind of hoping it wouldn't go, and it does go where you're thinking, well, is this going to be some sort of end on some sort of romantic note? But then I remembered, well, okay, let's think about what series we're watching here. So we don't, we, there, there could be, lo- there's no robots in this. There could be love the yes. way it was going, but we're missing option three, which is death. And that's exactly where it went because then the guy showed his true colors by basically trying to kill her, steal her power grab the gold and try to get out and then what he didn't realize is by doing this after her death kind of like floods out into the environment oh guess who gets cured and now guess who's going to die and i was like holy crap that was yeah that was a lot to take in but i again you just kind of have to go damn that impressive doesn't even begin to, to to describe this it was just 
Yeah. It's impeccable. It's impeccable. I, I think yeah, it's, it, it's it an is. impeccable they, they, piece of work. And I think uh, yeah. I, I think the themes to me are actually pretty subtle. Um, I like the fact that she draws upon lust with her siren voice with the people. And he doesn't have the voice. But his lust is money, you, which he establishes even before they oh, get yeah. killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's doing all of the, I mean, he just goes through all kinds of shit to, to get at all this. And I think there is, like, it, it plays on the thing that there is kind of love, right? Um, but it's overcome by lust, you yeah. know. And yeah, it's, I agree. Yeah, they and tease purpose. it, but and I think the reason I liked the ending is because he brought his own demise on by throwing her back. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're like, Absolutely. no, leave him on the leave her on the fucking rock. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, they put that together. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, I think the idea that they actually used a digital cam, you know, a camera in in 3D, like a real camera. And because they could do that kind of shaky cam and that kind of like um, whatever, but they could control it Im- yeah. immensely. It, it worked really well. They also did like film quality, you know, where they're, you know, washing things out and doing that stuff. And then they were cranking down uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the frame rate, you know, and then yeah. playing it back. And then you could do that digitally. And you're like going, okay, this is like uh, Gladiator. Oh, yeah. You know, when Gladiator's fighting the tigers and stuff, where they yeah. shoot it at 14 frames a second instead of 24. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. of those things kind of lend to it. But I'm, seriously, the eyes, like, the, the uncanny valley for me for all 3D stuff is the eyes. And the closest one was Snow, which we talked about in Season 2. Yeah. But this one, yeah, you're right, John. They, it's not, this is not even level up. This is the bar. This is literally the bar of what things sh- could look like in 3D. Yeah. That Those yeah. backgrounds, yeah. I was looking right. at the water and the background's going... Are they mixing yeah. real footage with 3D yeah. footage? <laughs> but when he steps into the water and it goes up, I'm like, going, yeah, they're not mixing. That's this is all fucking 3D. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, brilliant. But, and I want to take exception, uh, Fez. This being the final episode episode of season three, I think it is love, death, and robots. Conquistadors are robots. Uh, okay, I will give you that. Yes, yes. Gold. If, if they have gold a single minded purpose to just get power yes. and money and land, yes. yes. Then, yeah. Okay, I I will. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And they're all encased in metal. Yeah, that yeah. works. Yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. You're meat right. robots. They're meat robots. <laughs> meat robots. Robots filled with meat. <laughs> Tasty meat. The uh, the look of the siren I thought was it, it was more it reminded me of something I would have seen I would have expected more of this look like had she been in, like in somewhere in the Middle East you got Persian yeah yeah, yeah Persian yeah. look yeah. yeah for sure yeah. and and I thought that's why I love so much about it because very few you hear about these nautical tales of uh, sirens and sirens yeah. but rarely do we get one so prominent as like the monster quote unquote um or this as part of nature we know this is this was so unexpected mm-hmm. and so beautiful like when she came out of the water i'm like what's going on I'm like oh okay invaded her domain and, yeah it was at first I thought, oh she's like a water spirit you know she's dancing and she's covered in just beautiful jewelry and like oh okay and then it was, oh, she's a siren. Oh, that's why it's not going to be affected. You know, it was all so brilliantly conceived, uh-huh. the story. Yeah, everything about this was just magnificent. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's and she's, she's a manifestation of the place because they kept doing that top-down view of yeah. the lake. Yes. Over and over, they kept coming back to that view of the top-down. Yes. So, yeah. mm-hmm. That's her domain. Yeah, as yeah. I said it. And they they invaded her domain. And okay. the, the, the nature, and you talk about natural, um, that's when he drinks 
the water that has her blood in it. Yep. So her, that's her, there, there's another way that she's getting in, you know, getting at him, you know, naturally because it cures him. And, you know, maybe she, that was like, you know, a man, a manifestation of the natural, uh, function of the siren in, in its in in its domain. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, yeah, yep. that's brilliant. I would like to add as if we're talking about all these some of these shorts talking about man's influence on the natural world or kind of fighting against it. We get the scene when you when there's actual she's actually terrified because she's like, I this isn't working on this guy. And she's like scrambles to get away. And then you know he he lays down on that rock to kind of like camp out and she slinks out of the water and just get the arm go over and to me there was kind of like a moment where you know when we think about you know man versus the natural world it almost kind of felt like the world was like okay well maybe we can kind of make this work and there was this kind of like all right like the natural world kind of reaching out to embrace yeah this well, I, I don't want to say oddball. This conquistador being deaf is not like the others. And there there was like this, like, maybe, okay, well, maybe this one's different. Maybe we can have something new. And then, it, of course, it goes the way it goes. And so it, there's just a lot of a lot of threads in here. And honestly, yeah. I hope I, this short should get, because I know, the, I think the Witness got an Emmy award, didn't? I yeah, think I think so. I think, yeah. This one should get one, too, because I, I really, I've never seen anything like it it's it's just yeah it should should get all the awards and that's a good point with the because she does embrace him but you know what we as the viewers have seen that he's a piece of shit from the very beginning it doesn't matter that he's deaf because because he's looking around as he finds that gold at everybody else you know and doing all this stuff and then we see when he lays back against the thing he gets that sword he goes and sticks it in the ground you're like this is a fucking killer (laughs) you know this dude's a badass um, and then she comes and lays with him, and then he freaks out. You know, that's why I said that's a good point. You know, with all that stuff. And then when they kiss, and she bites his teeth off and his tongue. You see his teeth later on; they're all like, you know, gone. Yeah. But then he kisses her on the forehead at that one point, right? You know. Yeah. And then takes her shit. You know, and does all that. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's a real complicated story. I think it, it, it's yes. a, based on yes. a very simple premise, but it's a very good. And you're like, it's nature versus man, but it's also technology because. Technology is created by man, but technology versus man, you know, so it's technology yeah. versus man, nature versus man, man versus technology, man. Yeah, it's, um, that's that's the love, death, and robots, I think, all that, so. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. A, a good capper. Good capper. Yeah. This is really, yeah, and so I said, and there's a reason that this is the end, you know, this is the yeah. last episode that yeah. you get, so because yeah. you're just like, after all this really great stuff, you're like, yeah, they can. Then you get they the really greatest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. what a way to finish. Yeah, it yeah. really is. You know, out of yeah. all of them, it's probably the greatest yeah. out of all. Yes, of them. it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. It just leaves you sitting back and stunned. Like I can't believe I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. From that's why I said you know Alberto Mielgo, he wrote this too. He, he didn't yeah. adapt it for anything. This was all his. So this, this guy's got a fucking brain. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, so he said he's got some talent he's hired too. You know, yeah, There's man, no way yeah. he did all Whoever that. Pinkman.tv is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what a great, you know, yeah, Pinkman.tv, what a great name, you know, <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
have been watching, hopefully first, and listening to... Okay, now what? <laughs> um, I'm saying radio. Where are we at, Professor go, Feather? <laughs> we were in dead silence here. Where yeah. we were for a minute there. Yeah, I'm like, well, now I get the music another, another good episode at the end. Un- music playing. Insane radio. That's a good fade. Insane radio. <laughs> what an amazing fade. He beat fade. us that time. He beat us that time. Yeah. Come premature on, fade. I'm a pre- premature insane fading. Radio. UnsaneRadio.com. Um, you can find every episode. We're on. We're in the 170s here somewhere. Um, all the rest of them are on there. Um, go and listen to the episode with Uncle Roy Hoggins, because Uncle Roy's got a new show coming out uh, called Japaning is Boring. It's on uh, YouTube. It's going to be live, I think, Saturday nights, something like that, uh, eight o'clock or nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, something like that. Um, you can look it up. <laughs> it should be subtitled Dead Trapani. But it's the return of Uncle Roy Hoggins. For all you Tar and Feather fans out there, you know who Uncle Roy Hoggins is. And I did an interview with him in the, in the like, early 2000s, 2006, something like that. And we broadcasted as an Unsane Radio rebroadcast episode. So go listen to it. it it's amusing. <laughs> it's, it's episode... And, and all you people I know would like it's episode 427, so go find it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, that's it. <laughs> and uh, visit... I think it's ep- yeah, I don't know. I don't know what episode it is. Tarnfeather. Anyway, and then tarnfeather.com. Tarnfeather.com has some of the most incisive videos, uh, textual um, representations, artistic representation, graphic representations of Edgar Allan Poe that you will ever find. Uh, most people don't know that. We have devoted this website a huge chunk of it. Anything you want to know about Poe, go to our website and you will find it. It's all concise right there. You will have you have a, a nice menu you can find it on. It's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful thing to, to behold. It's um, the Jabaro of Poe. It is the Jabaro of Poe. Very good. Oh, I sound like uh, Chef Chef John there for a minute. Um, uh, Tar and Feathers Psycho Cinema on Facebook. Unsane Radio is on the Facebooks too. Um, and we're also on Twitter, and uh, we're trying to get on Twitter, but we, we, we just got on Twitter. So that's about it. You know what else is on Facebook? Heavy metal. Speaking of heavy metal horrors, a brand new band called the Act Naturals. They've got a new album out called Just for You. It's at Bandcamp. TheActNaturals.bandcamp.com slash releases. You can buy their digital album for $5. It's some EP. It's got some great songs. It's like alt rock meets punk. If you like the Foo Fighters, if you like Green Day, it's little elements of both. It's a great band. The Act Naturals just for you. Speaking of heavy metal horror. And also Between the Lines is also on the Facebooks. And it's on here. It's on YouTube. We're on Roku. We're everywhere. Oh, and today, find out, hey, we're all over Spotify. You get Spotify, go see a doctor, but watch us on Spotify <laughs> or listen either way. Witty banter. What can I say? It's it's witty banter. This is what we are lacking, yes. 
<laughs> no, I was talking about your podcast. Oh, oh yes. Yes, it is. Well, well, I, I agree with that. I, I, I won't agree. take exception to what you said either. So. <laughs> and on New Comic Wednesdays, check out We Freaks on the Facebooks. W-E-E-F-R-E-K-Z. Family friendly. Yes, it is family friendly. Very much so. Where are you stripping at this week, Gadfly? Uh, it uh, heads in a bubble and uh, big, uh, big shoe, something. Big shoe, really big shoe. <laughs> they all start running together, don't they, Gadfly? They do. At twenty dollars, Gadfly, where's my job? <laughs> That's three weeks worth of tips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to change, but I'll take some change. Fuckers.